It's time now for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison, Carrie Brinkater, and Kathy Indebrock. The guest today is Ricky Shillette, Executive Director of Living Hope Ministries. Thank you, John. This is Evelyn Davison in the studio here at 1120 The Bridge in Austin, Texas. And we are in the studio today, and we are thrilled to have our good friend Kathy Interbrock back with us. Kathy, welcome. Oh, Evelyn, and the key words there are in the studio today. <laughs> so I am not in Boise, Idaho. I am in the beautiful Austin, Texas, enjoying a fantastic Texas day and just thrilled to be with you and with Carrie Brinkater. Hey, listeners, this is Coach Carrie Brinkater. So great to have you with us today. Kathy, it is awesome to see your beautiful, smiling face, and uh, we are excited about today's show. Kathy, I know that um, it's it's different being here in Texas and well, you always have a whirlwind when you're here because you got to see everybody, meet everybody, lunch, breakfast, coffee, dinner, you know, and you're running around. But thank you so much for being here today. You've put together a wonderful show for us today. We'll be talking today in, in uh, our summer series. We're going to talk about thrill of hope. And that came basically back at uh, Christmas time when we sang that song, The Thrill of Hope. You remember? Mm-hmm. And so we have really built on that. And what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the rope of hope. Uh, and before we introduce our guests and, and the subject for Love Talk today, we we do want to suggest that all children under 13 years of age should be busy somewhere else right now, mom and dad. Take them out, get them settled down. And, and if you're a parent or a youth or an adult with a pulse, you need what we will be talking about today. And we're thrilled to have a special guest with us today who will discuss something that is impacting all of our lives. And, Carrie, I know that you've had a great uh, time in your life of dealing with what we're going to talk about today as a coach. And, and the, our subject today is the hope of healthy sexuality. Um, and before we get started, Carrie, give us a little upgrade of where, how summer's going for you and, and how you are really interested in what we're going to talk about today. Well, summer is amazing. My kids are, um, gosh, I feel like they're gone all the time. I guess that's what happens when they become teenagers. <laughs> this week they're on a youth trip. Um, and it's a mystery trip. They don't know where they're going oh, or really? what they're doing. I think the youth ministers are crazy, but that's, I guess that's part of the job description to be a youth minister. Um, <laughs> and so they are, they literally get on a bus and then they go somewhere and the kids don't have an idea from day to day what they're doing. So they're, they're super excited. My daughter actually texted me yesterday frantic mom tell me what we're doing i'm like nope you signed up for this sweet love <laughs> that's so, what life is you never know what next thing's going to bring well it's all about participating not anticipating I which i absolutely love so i'm i'm uh, happy for them and i'm super excited about today's show because we are talking about healthy sexuality so many times as i've as i've coached over the years i've seen young women um, get involved in relationships that are not healthy and um, for so many different reasons. And today, as we talk on our show about what it means to have healthy sexuality, I, it's, it's beautiful, folks. Don't, don't bristle up when you hear that word. This is something that, we're, that God designed for us. And, and so our guest today is really going to help take us through some very thoughtful ways to think about this. And, you know, as Evelyn um, 
said, we have been talking all year about topics that have to do with the thrill of hope. And I think there's so many individuals out there who are losing hope. Mm. And um, and as Evelyn said today, may not be suitable for children under 13. But if you are a parent, a youth, or an adult with a pulse, you, you need what we're sharing today. Because I'm telling you, I wish I had this 10 years ago. I wish I had been listening to this program on the radio 10 years ago to equip me for um, the experiences within my family, the conversations that I would have in life. And, um, And we're just, we are thrilled to have a very special guest with us today. He is calling in. Uh, so he's not in studio with us, but you're, you, you need to hear what he has to say because of his, his personal background with this and what he does every day with this. We are not going to be talking anything to do with politics, nothing to do with public opinion or popular trends. And before we really engage in this subject, I want everyone to know we are not here to condemn those who choose a lifestyle that is opposed to what scripture outlines as healthy, pure, good, acceptable, and pleasing to God. What we will be doing here is taking a look at how disciples of Christ are to step into and step towards the topic of healthy sexuality and those reaching out to those who are confused, hurting, and seeking answers about sexual identity and healthy sexual expression. And... uh our our key statement, our key verse for today, which I absolutely love, um, and this is such an anchor verse for me that I use personally, it's those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. We're going to look a little bit at what the Spirit desires and how the flesh may fight against that. And... Um, Carrie, before we introduce our our guest, the I mean, as far as this topic, are you a little bit apprehensive to step into this topic? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I I love 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 the young women that I have coached that struggled with homosexuality. I can't tell you. I I'm about to tear up. I I love these young women, and um, God put me here. I'm 100% convinced. The more I learn about myself and learn about God's purpose for me, that God put me here to mentor young women. And um, I I absolutely love that. I, it's my passion. And um, being able to speak truth into people through love, I think, is, is, what, is what God put us all here to do. And so our special guest today, Kathy, I would like for you to introduce him, um, is, is someone who does this every single day. Yes. Okay. Um so I, I just cannot believe how fortunate we are to have as our guest someone who has spent the last 20 years ministering, counseling, and walking through life with those have been, who have been, you know, largely cast aside or ignored or, or misled by the church. And, you know, when I was growing up, we had two categories, very simple, very clear cut. We had male. We had female. Mm-hmm. It was easy to wrap your head around. Right. Today we have heterosexual, homosexual, lesbian, bisexual, transsexual, undecided, and I think there are even more categories. Now, our guest today 
His name is Ricky Shillette, and he's the executive director of Living Hope Ministries, and he has been successfully stepping into this need for individuals, for churches, for families and communities, and he is going to help us, uh, really equip us today with some wisdom and understanding around this confusing and divisive topic. Ricky, welcome to Love Talk. Thank you, ladies. It's so good to be with you. Tell, tell me about your family, uh, Ricky. Do you have children? Well, do you have children? Uh, no, ma'am. Uh, we are not able to have children, but um, I feel like I have lots of adopted kids. <laughs> I know. Um, I've, we've, we've certainly raised a lot of grown children. I tell people all the time, I think you know, one of the hardest jobs in the world is to try to parent uh, adult children. And uh, in, in many ways, I've, I've had the privilege of doing that. We've had folks living in our home and staying with us and folks that we've mentored for you know, years and years and years and still ongoing. Where are uh, you? So we don't have any kids, but we have lots of spiritual kids. Where are you located? We are located in Arlington, Texas, uh-huh. um, and I've been here a part of, of this community and a part of the First Baptist Church in Arlington for 21, going on 22 years now. How would you define uh, Living Hope Ministries? How would you define that, that the passion you have? Right. That's a great question. Uh, there's all kind of names that people outside of the ministry put on us that really don't fit very well. But, but what we actually do is we're really a discipleship ministry. And our, our stated, um, stated mission is to um, proclaim God's truth, God's word, as we journey with those seeking sexual and relational wholeness through a more intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really what we're about. We're helping people to see that Christ has called us to be something more than any of us feel or even realize, but it's more glorious than we could have possibly imagined. Oh, I like that. Wow. Okay, that that is some that's some sound wisdom there. I you know, I think when we talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ, we just have no idea how powerful it is to transform and change a life. And I, I, I love that you've introduced um, this principle of wholeness, because I think that when so many are broken, they have no clue what a, a whole a whole healthy life looks like. And um, now, Ricky, you're going to be walking us, us through some things and, and really sharing, giving us some great insights. And I know we only have about three minutes left in this segment. And I just want to introduce this now. Be, beyond the message of abstinence, church leaders, you know, they simply haven't known how to engage and, and educate and counsel the body of Christ on what healthy sexuality looks like. And even often well-meaning adults and pastoral staff, they've either indirectly or, or unintentionally just communicated the message that sex is bad. Um, is, that, is, that, that, is that a healthy approach? Do you want to help introduce us to that before we go to break? Sure. I, I actually think that's one of the biggest problems we're facing in the church today is the fact that, that we simply say no to sex. And actually, Christians ought to be saying yes to sex because it's our Father who actually created it, ordained it, and instructed us to engage in it. But he did it in a way that is incredibly boundaried. He said that the proper way for you to do this is between one man, one woman, married for life, committed to each other. I mean, it is this beautiful, glorious design by God. In fact, when I talk to youth groups, I often tell them that uh, sex is awesome. You know, it's incredible. And I can't wait for you to experience, but I want you to protect it because it's this most precious thing that um, 
that if you exercise it beyond the bounds of what God designs, it actually can be destructive. It, 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 it's an awful lot like a fireplace. It's a beautiful thing in the winter when it's cold outside, and as long as the fire is inside the hearth and, and it's in the fireplace, uh, it's this beautiful thing that's very functional. We can roast marshmallows and make s'mores and, and warm the house, but if we take that same fire and we pull it out of the fireplace and into the middle of the den because we want it to be closer to us, all of a sudden, the house is on fire. Okay. It's the same fire, but it's in a completely different place and in, and outside of the boundaries that was created to contain it. Okay, I love this because as soon as you said sex is awesome, Evelyn and Carrie are like vigorously <laughs> shaking their heads. Yes. That's, that's, that's a big shakehead for a lady 86 years old. I'm 86 years old. Uh, and through the years, uh, Ricky, it's just been such a delight to see how God brings forth witnesses like you. And we're going to be, we're going to really be talking about the big things today, Miss Kathy. Yes, we do need to take our break. So sex is awesome. I like that. <laughs> Within boundaries, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk more about those boundaries, and we might t- touch a little bit on our brain on sex and what that looks like. We are going to go to our sponsors, listeners. You want to stay with us? I know you want to stay with us, and uh, stay with us. And we'll be back to you right after a word from our sponsors. You know, the world has changed, and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality, and it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder, how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition? Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations. South at 4501 South Congress. North at 8808 Research Boulevard and New Northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These CASA friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. 
Call CASA at 334-7300. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to ensure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. Let's return now for more Love Talk with your host, Evelyn Davison, Kathy Endebrock, and Carrie Brinkater. They're talking today with Ricky Shillette, Executive Director of Living Hope Ministries. Hey, listeners, welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You are here with the Love Ladies. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater. We are in studio today with the lovely and amazing Miss Kathy Endebrock and, of course, Miss Evelyn Davison. Our special guest today is Ricky Shillette, who is the Executive Director of Living Hope Ministries, a ministry that gives hope uh, to people who are struggling with finding wholeness in healthy sexual relationships. And Ricky is taking us through um, kind of how the church views sex. I I grew up in the church, and that's exactly, um, you know, how I grew up is that sex was bad. Sex was something you kind of stayed away from and that, um, you know, Obviously, God designed sex for us, like you said, Ricky, between one man and one woman for life. And in that relationship is where you find beauty and, and, and peace. And, um, Ricky, oh, man, so God designed this great thing. And you said you speak to youth groups and say sex is incredible, right? But outside That's of right. marriage, just sex is incredibly destructive. Um, so talk, if you could talk a little bit to us about your your definition of the brain on sex. I love this. Sure. Yeah. Actually, what we what we know from science, which is which is pretty amazing. There's there's lots of uh, studies out there. In fact, there's one that was done by the McGill Center uh, Studies in Aging and the Department of Psychology and Psychiatry, Neurology, and Neurosurgery in 2013, which is a whole big mouthful. That <laughs> talked about how when we exercise. Or, or, or are exposed to sexually explicit things at a very early age in our life, it really rewrites um, the way we relate to emotions and um, our ability to have a good sense of ourself. And so it changes that and rewrites that, and the person as they grow up have a very hard time connecting in the way that they should because in our brains, when, when we engage in sexual activity, the reason it feels so great is because when that orgasm takes place, it actually causes lots of chemicals to be released inside of the brain. Inside the brain, there are lots of little things called neurons, these little electrical currents that are running around, these synapses, and the synapses connect based on those chemicals that are being released. And when those synapses connect, they form thought patterns. Those thought patterns connect themselves to whatever object of our affection that we're thinking about. And before long, we've sort of hardwired our brains to be attached to a particular object of affection. So, for instance, if, if I'm, a, say, a male who 
who didn't get the kinds of things that I needed from other males and didn't feel connected or feel, felt uh, very different or other than other males around me. And I had this fascination with wanting to be a male. And I'm going through puberty, and all of a sudden I have all these emotions and all these hormones that are going on in my body. And I'm thinking, gosh, I just want to get to know these guys. And then all of a sudden I'm feeling very aroused by just the appearance of another male that I envy, that I want to be like, that I wish I were. But the reality is it's not that I'm sexually attracted, though that's what I'm feeling. It's actually I'm, I'm envying that person and want to be like them. But nonetheless, my body's function is such that those hormones are being released. And now I'm feeling sort of thunder down under, as I often put it. And as a result of that, I take care of that thunder down under by masturbating and, and possibly having an orgasm in the process. Most likely will happen. And when I do, those chemicals get released, those synapses connect, and all of a sudden the object of my affection is a male. Now, I didn't ask for that to happen. I wasn't born that way, per se. But nonetheless, this sort of evolves in my life from these legitimate needs that I have for affirmation, attention, and affection, community, those kinds of things. But now it's being uh, deposited on another person in a way that God really never intended, but yet it's happening in me. Wow. That makes sense. Wow. That is incredible. And, uh, I mean, the studies that go and help give us these insights, I mean, I know a lot they look at pornography and, and, and the, the impact that that has. Now, help, help, help us with our view here because there's a lot of cultural perspective here. It says, you know, if, if I am a human being and I have a same-sex attraction, you know, that is I, I desire to be with the same sex in an intimate relationship, mm-hmm. why wouldn't it be completely natural and healthy for me to, to choose to pursue or step into that homosexual lifestyle? Well, I think ultimately because our feelings really can't define who we are. And the reason it can't define who we are is because our feelings are constantly changing. You know, some days I feel great, some days I don't feel so great. Some days I like broccoli, some days I don't like broccoli. Uh, you know, some days uh, I'm really happy-go-lucky, other days I'm really melancholy and kind of depressed. If, if my identity is based on the way I feel, it will change about as often, you know, as my mood changes. And, and that's just not legitimate. I mean, if, to think about it in an even more scientific kind of way, when we look at folks who struggle with eating disorders, for instance, anorexia, um, they are people who look in the mirror and they see something in the mirror. They feel about what they see in the mirror, something that is very, very different than the reality that they actually are experiencing. They look and they see a person who's terribly overweight and they want to lose weight and they want to stop eating. They want to have that sense of control. But yet we have to say to them, wait a minute, your perception of this reality, this thing that you feel absolutely positively and strongly, this, this reality is not real. It is not what is happening. And so we help them to rethink, reform, renew, if you will, from a biblical perspective, their minds so that they can perceive the truth and that truth sets them free. And ultimately, that's kind of what we do at Living Hope. We help folks realize that, yes, we know you feel what you feel, and we very much believe you feel it. Nobody's going to argue with that. I just told you real briefly uh, kind of what that's like. I mean, if you want to know more about that, you can check out our uh, my DVD on development of homosexuality and, and gender development. I'll kind of explain that more, but um, you know, we help them to understand that, yes, these feelings are legitimate, but they don't have to define who we are. And that's so important in our culture today because now everyone wants to feel whatever it is they want to feel and say, that's who I am. And so today a boy can be a girl and tomorrow he can be 
you know, a, a dragon if he wants to be. I mean, and once we eliminate that binary, complementary reality that God sets forth and that the world has really embraced for thousands upon thousands of years, and it's only changed within maybe the last 25 or 30 years, um, it, it makes it almost impossible to really navigate life, because suddenly there are no more boundaries around us. Anybody can just feel whatever they want and be whatever they want to be, and, and that really isn't reality. I, I, I love how you say that our feelings and desires do not define who we are. I mean, if we were to make all of our decisions based on a feeling or a desire, I, I would... I would weigh a thousand pounds, <laughs> and um, you know, I mean, I would I would probably never get anything done. So, I, I think these are very valid statements um, by you. You know, you never make a big decision yeah. based on a feeling. No, but you know what? So many of our young people are basing their feelings on pornography. Mm. Uh, just recently, Josh McDowell came to Austin for us to, we do a um, Capital Christian Fellowship and bring in speakers. And uh, he came in and he gave us the picture of how how embedded pornography really is in our nation. How do you balance these two things, Ricky, with feelings well, and pictures? Right. I, I definitely think it is shaping the reality of our young people. Um, I see kids in my office that are 8, 9, 10 years old who have been addicted to pornography because they happened to see something on their dad's computer and they found the cash and the dad didn't know how to clear his history and they looked at stuff and they didn't even know what it was they were looking at. But because there is something inherently tantalizing about sexual expression. There's something very intimate that there, that's there, even in the most uh, distorted pictures of it. That child is drawn into that. And I often tell people it's kind of like we have this sex switch in our uh, brain that once it's switched on, it's really never switched mm -hmm. off. Song of Solomon talks about it in terms of do not awaken passion before it's time. Mm -hmm. And I think once you awaken that passion within the person, then they want to seek that out. And so sure enough, we have... We have this really, I believe, pandemic of young kids that are experiencing uh, sexual things that they shouldn't be experiencing because they saw it on pornography, and now they're imitating it and doing it with their best friend who's also in the first grade. And then that best friend does it with his best friend. And, and they don't know what's really happening. They just know it feels connecting, and it's somehow good, but yet somehow wrong. Mm. I, I and it's changed the landscape. It really is. It's definitely changing the landscape. And um, it, 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 one of the things that you said in one of your videos was that in today's society, you know, pretty much anything goes is kind of what we've said. So, you know, um, if, if you have homosexual feelings, then you think to yourself, well, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as that over there, and people are thinking that that's okay. Um, right. You know, and, and that was an interesting perspective as well. It's almost like the sliding scale. Um, well, okay, it's not that bad, so I'm, I'm okay here. Can you speak to that a little bit, Ricky? Yeah, I mean, I think what people want to do in our culture today is embrace whatever it is that they feel and somehow justify that feeling as being truth. And the reality is that that's not always truth. Um, you know, we feel a lot of things in our life, and from day to day we feel all kinds of stuff. There are lots of heterosexual men who are very happily 
married and committed in their relationship, and they are, they are right now off on a vacation at a beach, and you know they're they're sitting on the beach with their kids and family, and there's a beautiful young woman who walks by who's just a perfect specimen of a female in their opinion. And they see that woman, and they may have feelings about her in that moment, but they don't engage in activities with that woman. They don't entertain lustful thoughts about that woman. Hopefully they don't. Uh, and, and if they are, they're quickly trying to uh, wrestle those thoughts and take captive those thoughts uh, because they don't want to engage in something that goes outside of the bounds of the commitment that they've made to their life and to the Lord. And so I think all of us, every single person, has restrictions upon which uh, around which we have to operate our lives. You know, my, my little nephew's not allowed to eat chocolate cake for breakfast every morning, but he really wants it. He really feels that, you know, cake would be fabulous. <laughs> yeah, you know? I'm with your nephew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm there too. But, you know, I, he can't have chocolate cake every morning because that wouldn't be good for him, even though he feels it. So yeah. we really can't let feelings be our identity, nor can we let temptations define us. Yes. You know, I'm, my, my temptation doesn't define me. It simply indicates a place of brokenness in my life that mm-hmm. I, I need to invite Jesus to be in more than he's in right now. Well, we uh, we need to take our break, uh, Ricky. When we come back, we do want to look at this from a very personal perspective. And you have that. And so we <laughs> would again um, ask um, you to uh, hang on because the best is yet to be. Stay with us for Love Talk right after this. Information you want on the world of culture, the world of entertainment, the world of finances. Information you need for your world. Today's Christian Talk 1120, The Bridge. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000-square-foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just a Jenner town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest-growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Clue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville. And come see us. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. 
subscribe. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. Break is over. Let's get back to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison, Carrie Brinkader, Kathy Enderbrock, and their guest, Ricky Shillette. He's the Executive Director of Living Hope Ministries. And welcome back. This is Kathy Enderbrock in studio with Coach Carrie Brinkader and Evelyn Davison, the Love Ladies on Love Talk, the bridge, KTXW 1120 AM. We are uh, have a special guest today, Ricky Shillette, the Executive Director of Living Hope, and we are talking about healthy sexuality. Um, okay, I'm going to jump right into this. We have had a full two segments. Now, listeners, if you are just joining us now, I would strongly encourage you that as soon as this goes to our archives on Love Talk Network, you get in and you listen to those first two segments. We're not going to take time covering what we've covered in the first two. We're just going to jump into this third segment because we only have two segments left. Okay, Ricky, I saw this Huffington Post article, and and it was titled Together Alone, and it was written by Michael Hobbs. He's a a gay man who says he was raised in a gay-affirming family, and we are talking today about the homosexual lifestyle and and same-sex attraction and, and healthy sexuality. This struck me because Mr. Hobbs writes that he believed that the gay relationships becoming law and mainstream would really make things better for his community. And yet he wrote that he realized more and more how unfulfilled the gay community is now more than ever. And I quote him here. He says, even as we celebrate the speed and scale of this change, um, the rates of loneliness and substance abuse in the gay community remain stuck in the same place they have been for decades. And Mr. Hobbs continues to quote some really shocking statistics that uh, uh, gay men are two to ten times more likely than straight to take their own lives, twice as likely to have major depressed episodes, um, and that this is not a U.S. phenomenon, that in, in the Netherlands, where gay marriage has been legal for decades, gay men are three times more likely to suffer from depression and mood disorders and ten times more likely to engage in suicidal self-harm. Same statistics hold true in Sweden, where civil union has been legal since 95 and full marriage since 2009. Uh, and, and it states there that men married to men have triple the suicide rate of men married to women. And uh, when I was getting online and just doing some research, it said the average death for a gay man in the United States is currently 20 years shorter uh, than the general public. And I, you know, this affects me and my, my family uh, with a very dear, dear nephew And I want to make a difference. I want to reach out. I want to have these conversations. I know the gospel of Christ is powerful. I want to engage in a way that um, loves and reaches out and doesn't condemn. And, And so can you help me to understand that as disciples of Jesus Christ, what can we do to make a difference here? Well, I think we've got to we've got to really love and we've got to understand and we've got to be compassionate toward people for sure. You know, it's interesting how. In that article, he talks often how, despite the fact that the world is accepting uh, what 
is considered now a you know gay lifestyle, whatever that means, but men being married to men, women being married to women, where it's legal now in our country, that that would solve the problem when, in fact, there's still this angst that seems to be present. I know that was really true even in my own life. Uh, as a young man, I was raised in a in a pretty decent home. I had a mom and a dad. They were very, very young when they had me, and uh, they got married, and, and as soon as they did, my dad kind of needed to support the family, so he shipped off and, and went about you know, trying to make some money for us. I was home uh, with my mom. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she was a great mom and, and loved me dearly, and, and so I was home with her. I had two aunts, that my mom, my mom's sisters, but they were both either divorced or unmarried, and then I had two grandmothers that had been divorced multiple mm-hmm. times, and so I was this little sensitive boy who was very artistic and creative and, and bright, and I was with this big house full of women, and it was great because I was like the center of attention, and it was wonderful. So I went off to school and did really well in school, and, and all my teachers liked me and students liked me. I got along pretty well with everyone, went into junior high school, did well, became student council president at my junior high school, and and people, you know, liked me. I made the honor roll and all that kind of stuff. Got into high school, did pretty much the same thing, you know, National Honor Society, president of the student body, student government organization. Uh, everything seemed to be great. I mean, from the outside, everything was wonderful. Uh, but there was, um, you know, this little lurking problem in my life that no one knew about. In fact, uh, I was so successful in high school, if I must say so myself, mm-hmm. that uh, <laughs> that my uh, that my faculty at the school said, "Hey, we'd like for you to be one of the commencement speakers." And so I was really honored to do that and gave this, you know, commencement speech, and and everybody applauded and thought it was great. And you know, my life on the outside was very different than my life on the inside. And inside, there was a struggle that was happening that really was initiated when I was just a little bitty boy. One of my grandmothers had married for the third time, and uh, when she married, it was the first time I had a grandpa in my life. And he came in and loved on me and gave me lots of affirmation, attention, and affection, and I ate it up because I was a little boy who didn't have a lot of that. My dad was gone a lot, and we were pretty disconnected even when he was home. And so I, I just thought this guy was great, and we did lots of manly things. We went fishing and hunting, and we had a, a camp in South Louisiana and, uh, you know, did lots of really cool sportsy kind of things, and I loved the outdoors and, and loved that experience. But what we didn't know about him is that he was a pedophile, and he began to molest me uh, at a very young age, and that continued really steady for the next, oh, 10, 12, 14 years or so. Um it went until I was really in my young 20s uh, before it actually finally just completely stopped, and he stopped trying. And, and uh, I, I didn't realize at the time what kind of effect that had on me, but what I did realize by the time I was a senior is that I had feelings for other guys, some of whom were my dear friends, uh, that I didn't, I wasn't supposed to have, that I didn't want and I wasn't supposed to have. And I, I looked around and I saw other people, and and it wasn't normal to be sleeping with your grandfather, and I kind of realized that that was true now. And I can even remember at times when I was going through uh, puberty that I would initiate things with him just because I felt connected and good, and he was phenomenal at affirming me and telling me what a great boy I was and how smart I was and how much he loved me and cared about me. I worked for him in the summertime in his business. And, and so, I mean, there was this really weird, convoluted, emotional connection that the two of us had and uh, and it just fueled this beast within me that I didn't know what to do with. Now, oddly enough, we had people, or uh, we I'd seen people in my family. We had people kind of in a 
extended family uh, that were homosexual and were embraced by the family. They were quite loved, actually. They were very successful and, and uh, you know, had some businesses and whatnot, and, and we loved them. They were funny and sweet. We visited with them. So it wasn't that I thought, oh, if, I'm, if I am gay, my family will reject me. I didn't, I didn't really think that. But there was something deep inside of me that said, this really isn't what you were created to be. But I didn't know how to make it stop. And even though I didn't have a relationship with Jesus and my family wasn't a Christian family per se, we were a very moral family. I, I was raised in a sort of pseudo-religious uh, kind of home. Uh, we had Jesus at Christmas and those kind of things. And uh, But I, I, I prayed as best I could that that homosexuality would go away, but it didn't. And I thought, well, if I prayed and God didn't take it away, then what am I supposed to do with it? Maybe if it won't go away, maybe it's time for me to go away. So after that senior year of giving that commencement and getting scholarships to go off to college and whatnot, um, I was more miserable than I'd ever been in my life. And I thought, I can't keep living in this misery. If if I can't get rid of this feeling that I have, uh, this feeling I don't want, then maybe the best thing for me to do is to try to kill myself. And so sure enough, I, I gathered all the medicines that I could find in my mom's medicine cabinet, took all of them at one time early in the morning, went to my room, locked myself in my room, and stayed there, hoping that I would never wake up. Well, as God would have it, my mom, uh, later that night, realized something was going on and, and eventually found me. Obviously, I didn't die. But about two weeks after that, I was in that same depressed place again, only worse, because I thought, wow, you can't even succeed at killing yourself. And so that, that evening, I decided I would, I would make a better choice. I would actually go into my dad's gun cabinet and grab the pistol that I'd used many times practicing and practice shooting, and I would take that pistol, go back to my room, put it in my mouth, and pull the trigger and get rid of all of these problems. And so sure enough, that's what I did. And on the side of my bed, I remember having that, that pistol in my mouth and thinking, this is it. I'm going to pull this trigger, and it's going to be over. I'll finally be rid of all these feelings. And in that moment, I remembered that I'd been to church only a couple of times with a dear friend of mine who was a, uh, a piano player. And um, he had invited me to come and sing uh, at his uh, piano recital. And um, he said, in order to do that, you have to come to church because I'm a practice at church. He said, but you have to come to church with me first, and then you can we can practice after. You know how you evangelicals can be about that stuff. So <laughs> he, uh, he, he did that. It was a good move on his part because I went those few times, and I, and I heard the pastor, the preacher there, talk about this Jesus man and how the gospel could transform your heart and how Jesus died for us and would not count our trespasses against us. And I, and, and I was captivated by it, but at the same time thought it was the most ridiculous thing ever. How could these people believe in this ancient book? How did, why did they need such a crutch for their life? Mm-hmm. But now on the side of that bed, all alone in the darkness of that room, I can think back and remember that I thought, but maybe that's the only hope that's left. Maybe that is the answer. Maybe this Jesus guy really can do what they say he can do. So as an unbeliever, I pulled out that gun from my mouth and said out loud in the dark of that room, God, I don't know if you're real, I don't know if you're true, but if you can do what they say you can do, you'll need to come into my life now and do it. I'm going to pull this trigger and paint the wall red. And in that moment, the Lord came and met me in that room. And I stood up that evening, and, and he gave me two promises. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, and I will be a father to the fatherless. And he has never gone back on his promise to me. He began the transformation process there, and he continues that even this day. And I, I couldn't imagine that I would be where I am today, but I'm here not because of anything good in me, because of the goodness of my father who said, you know what, I see your pain, I know you're hurt, and I have a solution, and the solution is me. Come to me. Wow. We, we're all speechless. We've gotten out all the tissues. Each of us have a tissue in hand. That is in, the gospel of Jesus Christ is 
incredible and that you would hear that. And, you know, I just, I love it that it, that the, God is so true to his promises that whoever calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. And um, so it has been uh, a long road, nothing instantaneous. Uh, We're so excited to hear from you more on this. I know that we have to uh, go take a word from our sponsors. Listeners, you're going to want to stay with us as uh, we conclude our love talk for today with Executive Director of Living Hope. Ricky Shalette talking on healthy sexuality. We will be with you again after a word from our sponsors. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-009. Or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. You know, the world has changed, and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality, and it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition. Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position. One more segment of Love Talk right now with Evelyn Davison, Carrie Brinkader, and Kathy Endebrock. Today they're talking with Ricky Shillette, Executive Director of Living Hope Ministries. Welcome back, listeners, to today's Christian Talk, 1120 The Bridge. You're here with the Love Ladies and our very special guest, Ricky Shillette. Um, I, I pray that you heard Ricky's testimony of a God that meets you where you are, everyone. Um, Ricky did not know anything about Jesus. When he prayed and just said, hey, guy, person, thing, whatever you are out there, if you really are there, then please just let me know. Let me know. And um, Jesus met Ricky where he was as a young man on his knees ready to take his life. And I find that incredibly powerful. Um, Our talk today is about healthy sexuality, and so many times we get wrapped up in things that are our desires, they are our feelings, they are our temptations, and we act on those things instead of realizing that that's a desire, a feeling, and a temptation, and that's not, um, you know, we shouldn't always act on those things. Um, Ricky, you know, you came to know about uh, Living Hope Ministries through a very special person um, that continued to pray for you. And um, if uh, tell us about how, how that process happened. Yeah, actually, I um, came to know about Living Hope 
in the process of my serving as a minister for single adults and helping them and realizing that there is a need for folks who wanted to walk away from homosexuality. I didn't know of any resources to help them, so I started looking around and, and discovered that Living Hope was already in existence. Uh, that was some 20 years ago now, and uh, and I began to work with them and discover who they were and that sort of thing and got on their board, and then before long I became executive director and have been doing that now for about 12 years, uh, just giving people an alternative. We're not saying that if you really want to be gay and that's who you think you are and that's the way you want to live your life, then every human has an opportunity to make that choice. But the reality is I don't believe that's God's best for you, and I think the Scripture is very clear that it's not God's best. And it's going to have some some difficult circumstances and and consequences, uh, but if you want to walk out, there's hope. And that was my dilemma. I, I wanted to have that hope, but didn't know where to find the hope. And I thought, well, I'll just kill myself because that'll be an end to the pain. Whereas God says, no, that that's the devil's answer. That's Satan's solution. That's certainly not his solution because he's called to set us free, and he wants to give us a new heart and a new identity and a new reality in which to live that allows us to flourish. And so now, I, I love this. So Carrie was looking at some of the notes that I put down on the production notes. And, you know, I just write a lot of things uh, occasionally, and I don't give a lot of clarity around it. But now I first heard about Living Hope Ministries um, because I, I needed to know about this subject because I had a close family member who um, had come out, and uh, his parents were um, – very affirming and almost excited, if that is the right word, that they did have a homosexual son and, and that they could embrace him and love him and support him in that. And uh, I just, I knew that this was not right. I, I, I knew that this uh, struggle, that he needed some sound wisdom. And so I, I started reaching out and talking to pastors and asking questions. And I get, got introduced to this Mr. Brown, and he had shared his personal testimony with me and he mentioned Living Hope Ministries, and um, he told me very specifically that every homosexual male could be delivered out of the lifestyle and redeemed to, to enjoy a, a bright future, and that even he himself now had wife and children and grandchildren. And the one thing he encouraged me to do was to always keep reaching out uh, to my loved one and never stop. And he said that every man he ever knew who had successfully come out of the homosexual lifestyle could name, specifically name the person who had been praying for him through it all. Have you seen this, this the importance of prayer in, in, in connecting with the, the love strings of that person? Absolutely. I mean, we know that prayer is, you know, can change lives and move mountains. I mean, it is just an amazing power that we have as Christians to intercede on behalf of others. And I certainly believe in it, practice it regularly, and, and encourage our people to embrace it, and, and uh, especially the friends and family of those who have loved ones that are dealing with this issue. You know, you may not see any movement of God, but that doesn't mean God isn't moving. He has this way. He's He's sort of like this iceberg that is much larger beneath the surface than he is above the surface. And so I think mm -hmm. he is always at work in our hearts and lives in ways that we don't know that he's working, but he's working. And, and Ricky, you really lead through three principles from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, when as disciples of Christ, you want to really reach out and engage. So three principles that we can follow um, as yeah. we do that. Yeah, we, we, we tell people all the time when you're dealing with folks that we need to see past the problem to embrace the person. 
sometimes we, we see homosexuality, and sometimes it's more obvious than others by the way a person dresses or how they're acting in a particular moment. And, and we look at that as the problem. And, and the reality is they're people. They're not problems. They're not projects to be fixed and, and things to be mended. They're, they're human beings made in the image of God who somehow have lost sight of the beauty of that image. And so we, we really encourage people to, to look past the problem that's presenting to the real person that's there. Find out what is their hurt, uh, what's going on in their life, how are they medicating in some way the pain that they're experiencing, and might there be a way to redirect that toward the Father who actually brings healing and wholeness to those broken places. Secondly, it would be we've got to see past the sin and point them to the Savior. Amen. Um, you know, we've got to, to, to realize that, yes, we're all sinners, and though we may look at their, at their sin and feel that somehow it's, it's more grievous than our own, that's only because we own our own and we don't own their sin. Mm-hmm. And so we, we like to make excuses for our pet sins, uh, and we're not going to make excuses for theirs. But the reality is, is that sin separates us all from God. And so we need to realize that what each person needs in their place of sin is a Savior to rescue them. And that is exactly what Jesus has done for us. I mean, he who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. So he got what we deserve so we could get what we didn't deserve. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the beauty of helping people look to Jesus for what they really need. And, and we can do that as Christians. It's important. And then thirdly, we have to see past the immediate, in other words, how they are in that moment, to the eternal. And verse 21 of that chapter says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So we might become the righteousness of God. Well, that person you're looking at that's in their sin, they can become the righteousness of God. And when the Lord looks at them, he sees them as what they can be, not necessarily what they are in that moment. And I think when we do those three things, we, we change our perspective and our view of individuals that are struggling with any kind of sin problem, not just homosexuality or transgenderism, but, but, but really any kind of brokenness in our life. And the reality is all of us are broken. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we're all in desperate need of a Savior. I mean, I, you know, I have a, when my nephews were really young, I didn't have to teach them how to hit each other with a plastic bat. They just did it automatically, you know. Uh, they, they had a built-in sense of selfishness and, and uh, meanness that just seemed to come up in them because of that endemic sin that we all have. So we have to see them in the way that God sees them. And when we do that, we don't call people out as much as we call people up into the reality of who Christ has created them to be. And that's what we want to do. That's how we love talk people. We speak the truth and love that calls them to be more than they could imagine that they even are. I love that, to be even more than that they imagine that they are. And, um, all right, I know people are going to want to get in in, in touch with you. I I know that Living Hope has the largest worldwide online support group for men, women, families, and friends impacted by same-sex attraction. I know that Living Hope has a huge celebration fundraising banquet coming up October 21st. How can people get in touch with you, Ricky? Yeah, the best way is uh, just check us out on our website at livehope.org. Or if they want, they can give us a phone call, and that's 817-459-2507. But the website is a great way. There's a Contact Us button on there. They can do that. They can find out information about the banquet uh, or, you know, any of the activities and things that we do. They can register to be a part of the online ministry. We vet everyone uh, through that process. It is a confidential, moderated uh, support group 
uh, online that we've had literally 20 plus thousand people come through from about 170 countries all around the world. Mm. So this is not just a U.S. problem. This is a problem that is experienced by people all around the world in different cultures and environments and countries. We have just learned so much today. I mean, all of us just have notes all over our notes. <laughs> um uh, you know, so we have learned healthy sexuality, sex is good. It is not just good, it is awesome and it is healthy as designed by God. And we want to know, we want to really pay attention to how it has been designed by God and to use it in that way. And that our feelings are not our identity. Our desires are not our gender. The gospel of Jesus Christ reconciles, redeems, and renews. And that as we reach out, we want to see past the problem to the person see past the sin and point them to the Savior and see past the temporary to the eternal. So much invaluable wisdom and information. Ricky Shillette, thank you so much for being on Love Talk. And listening, friends, I know that you're going to want to share this program uh, with a lot of people. Just go. You can find us on lovetalknetwork.com, www.lovetalknetwork.com. It will take us about a week to get this program in our archives. So just be patient. It will be in there, and you can direct your friends to that. Ricky, we would love to have you on the program again sometime. Would you like to come and join us again sometime? Absolutely. Would absolutely love to. All right. Well, Evelyn, Carrie, it's always great to be in the studio with you. And uh, listeners, you just keep love talking and love walking with Jesus. You keep reaching up and reaching out. And we'll look forward to talking with you again and sharing with you again next week on Love Talk, KTXW, The Bridge, 1120 AM. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Let's Pray Today Ministries. Are you struggling in your marriage with anxiety and depression? Have rebellious kids or, or just want to pray for your children? Maybe you simply don't know where to start in prayer. We specialize in creating the tools to help you learn how to pray and pray effectively in a variety of life issues. Get your free MP3 download today on the topic of your choice. Go to www.letspraytoday.com and click on shop for your free audio prayer download. Become a friend on Facebook and let us know what prayer topic you need help with. You know, the world has changed and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality. 
and it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition. Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position.